Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Left side three from XMX marks the spot. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Locked On Jazz. We sit down with the legend, Ron Boone, run through the offseason, look ahead to the next season, get all fired up. That is what's coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Ron Boone doing the drum roll. I love it. Welcome to Locked On Jazz, your somewhat daily podcast about the Utah Jazz. It's not daily right now, but will be again September 12th. I'm David Locke. He's my partner on the broadcast, longtime jazz legend, Utah star star, Ron Boone. Thanks for joining the show. By the way, today's show brought to you by Devin Cash Equity Real Estate. If you're looking for someone to do your real estate, buy or sell your home, go to Devin Cash. And if you buy or sell a home with Devin... He will give you a pair of Jazz season tickets for this upcoming year. Call 801-759-1495, 801-759-1495. And if I'm going to get season tickets, this seems like a pretty good year, Ron Boone. I'm getting excited. How about you? Not only are you excited, I'm excited. Everyone that I've talked to is very excited. I was playing golf this morning. Two guys stopped me on the golf course and said, hey, David, we're going to be pretty good this year. I says, yeah, on paper, we are pretty good. And then I read in NBA Sports that the Jazz bench, are you hearing me? Now, listen, the Jazz bench is number one in the NBA, the ratings for them. Wait, the Jazz bench? So, well, bench which, is which arguably one. was what last year? <laughs> <laughs> Golden State's number two. Golden State's, right ben- now, Golden State's bench is number two, and their starters are number one. How do you think they'll be next year? <laughs> oh, boy, I, you think, and, and it also said that uh, maybe Golden State could win 83 games. Now, there's only 82 game schedule. <laughs> as good as they are, they just might win 83 for the hell of it. They you know? might. They might. Um, I don't know. You know, it doesn't stun me any part of that story you had. One was that you were golfing. Two, that someone stopped you. And three, that someone was excited about the Jazz. None of those things surprise me at all. Well, golf is like work, you know. You, you feel like you have to get up and go and, and play golf, you know. But there's always a conversation to have, uh, regardless if it's on the golf course or not, about the Jazz and, and the upcoming season, that's for sure. All right, so what are the – What's to yours, if, the, if there's been three marquee moves, George Hill, Joe Johnson, and Boris Diaw, what is the move that you think is the biggest to the team? You know, and, and it's funny you bring that up because of just the conversation I was having uh, just this morning with, um, I don't know if you know Alec Austin, Ike Austin's brother who lives here, and he, he does a lot with, uh, with youth and, and basketball, and he likes Boris Diaw, and I like George Hill. I, I, I think both of those guys are uh, two-position guys, and, and both of those guys definitely make you better. But I like George Hill 
because of he, first of all, he can play two positions. Um, he runs the floor very, very well. And I, and I think as right now, without knowing what we're going to get out of Dante Exum, he's going to be probably the, the most important player that the Jazz have added to the team uh, so far this year. That's I agree with you. That's the one to me that's the total franchise changer. I mean, if we're, I'm yeah. not trying to be rude to Trey Burke and Howell Neto and Shelvin Mack, but, I mean, if we're really honest about it, other than Philadelphia, we might have been 29th in point guard play in the league. I thought Neto did a surprisingly good job last year. I thought Trey Burke got better. Shelv- Shelvin Mack who had been a third-string point guard wherever he's been except for a brief stint in Atlanta and had been released once, showed, one, how talented every player in the NBA is because he's pretty good. But also, and I, he was pretty. He made a big difference for us. And that, I think, just shows you what having a high-quality point guard can do because George Hill is the next step up considerably from Shelvin Mack. Mm. You know, the point guard might be, I won't say might, it's probably the most important player on the team right now. And, and you know, if you want to go back some years, you know, when I played, everyone built their team around this, the big guy, the center, uh, who possibly scored, but more importantly, could rebound, could block shots, uh, set screens, you know, that kind of thing, could pass. Uh, and, but now it, it, it's the point guard is, is the most important player on the floor. And uh, Dante... Could be, I think he has the makings of being a very good point guard. And, 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 when, and, and when they added Shelvin Mack, that meant that it added, uh, some strength to that, to that point guard position, something they didn't have up to, up to that point. Um, I'm not so sure he could be, he, he can beat out, uh, George Hill. Um, and I, I really think that once Dante comes back about January, Dante is probably going to be, uh, probably as good as, as Shelvin Mack. Um, and I think we have high hopes beyond it, beyond Dante for that. I mean, I, this organization, uh, you and I can attest to a conversation we had with Quinn coming back from dinner last year in Dallas. I mean, this organization really believes in Dante Exum. Yeah, I believe in him as well. And, and he's, he's probably the uh, – we have to wait and see what we what kind of defensive player George Hill is. And, and – and what I mean, wait and see. I don't want to see a full game, two games back-to-back, three games back-to-back. See what kind of position. I think Dante was a very good position defensive player. Uh, he's long, um, and, and, I, and I thought he showed it at six foot, foot six. He's six foot six, six five, somewhere in there, that he could stay in front of guys and, and, and defend. Uh, obviously, he's worked very, very hard on his perimeter game, shooting the basketball and, and at the end of the season last year, uh, he was, I thought, was going to be a very good player. Now, at the end of the season, the previous year, and I thought at the beginning of the season this year, this was going to be his coming out year. But, you know, he got hurt over the summer and couldn't play all season. So uh, we still, the jury's still out on him, but... I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be one of our one of our better players. He's going to be a, a great rotation player, I think, with George Hill because both of those guys will be able to uh, mix and match. Well, if, think about this. I mean, I, I don't want to get silly, but if Dante's like good and really contributing, I mean, then we just get abs- then we really are absurdly good. Okay, before we all get too giddy for that thought, uh, let's talk about Devin Cash and Equity Real Estate. I, I I'm sorry, Devin. Can you imagine if? If we'll get back to Ron in a second, could you imagine if Dante's really like high level executing? Oh my gosh! All right, 
So if you're looking to buy or sell your house, Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate is the guy. He Realtors are seeing more buyers. Sellers are making fewer concessions. Good time to go get on the market right now. And Devin can do a free market analysis to help you determine your home's value. That's the first step. When I talk to Devin about real estate, he says he views it from the heart of a teacher. He wants his clients to feel comfortable in all circumstances. There is a level where sometimes this gets a little, oh, what am I doing? And Devin's going to walk you through it. It's why he particularly loves first-time home buyers, as he can guide them through the process start to finish. You won't have to deal with secretaries or receptionists or coordinators, never rushing a client into a decision. It's the way Devin does this. And Cherry, on top, he can talk jazz basketball for you in between houses, right? Because if you buy a house or sell a house with Devin, he is going to get you two jazz season tickets. Call Devin Cash at 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. Other Locked On Jazz listeners have used Devin to success. You can do it as well. Call Devin Cash, 801-759-1495. Now back to Ron Boone and the idea what if Dante Exum is really good? If Dante and, and what, did, what did you what weakness did you see in Dante when he as a rookie um, it was probably his his shooting or maybe not even his shooting maybe his confidence in shooting the basketball and and I thought he worked very very hard in and learning how to shoot uh, boy about mid season I thought he started to get better. And, and watching him in practice and watching how hard he, he, he was he was working very hard at it. And then the corner threes that you talk about so often, he started to make those. Uh, and I think that's when his confidence started to build. And you're absolutely right. With that rotation, with uh, George Hill, uh, Dante, Hood, uh, you got Gordon who can go to the, to the two and, and the three. I mean, that's just like having a, a solid – 13-man uh, roster when you have guys like that that can play two positions and you can mix and match players out there on the floor. Well, I, there's so many uh, there's so many aspects. I think George Hill's going to be better in the Western Conference than the East because George Hill's strength is his defense. Now, he is 30 years old, so he may have lost a step by now. But his strength mm-hmm. is his length and his defensive and his tenacity. And when you look at the Western Conference point guards, they're better than the Eastern Conference point guards, so his strength becomes a bigger issue in the West than it was in the East. I think George Hill will be better here than he was in Indiana. Okay, so that means that as good as the Jazz were defensively, the Jazz will be better defensively this season. I mean, if I'm reading you correctly. Oh, I don't think but there's any doubt. Point, my, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, we, we, there's no doubt. I mean, Quinn talked about this a lot, that when they had the two small point guards or th- – before they got Shelvin Mack, which was for most of the season, you know, they, they unfortunately had to have somebody, uh, you know, they couldn't have the trailer bothering the ball from behind on the pick and roll. That the, if that point guard had to either go under or stay attached, but when you have a 6'6 point guard, you can just trail on the backside of him and you're long enough to alter his shot with Rudy dropping. And they had to change their whole pick and roll coverage because of that. So I, I think that they'll be considerably better defensively than they were um, than they were last year just because of what they're doing at the point guard. So, so that makes sense. It does make sense. So the, the, the perimeter defense will be better than last year because of, of you know, of what you just said. Uh, I, I agree with, that, with you if that makes sense. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, 
three-point shooting, we averaged, got to the point toward the end of the season, we were somewhere in the 20, 21 a game. Yep. Will that increase? How much will that increase? you think will it be three or four, maybe even as many as five more attempts a game? Well, I mean, yeah, I think so. It also has to do with what pace we play, right? Very important, yes. Yes. I mean, do but we, even, do we, even with the George pace Hill we played last year, it, it, the, the numbers increased as the season went on. And, and I think we were, if I remember correctly, we were pretty about 20-21 a game last year. Yep. Well, here's the one I just found recently, Ron, that I'm excited about. When you look at Gordon Hayward and Rodney Hood's numbers last year when the other one was not on the floor, right? So when, okay. when Rodney and Gordon are on the floor together, Rodney's pretty good. Gordon's pretty good. But when either uh-huh. of them was off the floor, the other one wasn't particularly good. Uh, Rodney shot about really? 39%. I think Gordon shot 40%. So now all of a sudden you have George Hill. You have Joe Johnson. And the burden on these two guys is not nearly the same when there's not somebody else on the floor. I think that's where the biggest uptick is going to be for all, for our guys is that they're just – I mean, when Chris Johnson is on the floor and and Howell Neto's on the floor, there, there wasn't any fear. But if you have George Hill and Rodney Hood and you go to the bench now and it's Joe Johnson and Trey Lyles or, or someone like that, I, I, I think it's going to be really hard for defenses to zero in on Gordon and Rodney – and frankly, the only time I thought Gordon and Rodney showed weaknesses is when they were asked to be number one guys kind of overdoing what they were capable of. And so now if there's other guys to support them, they should be fine. So, boy, that, that's very interesting. That's very interesting because at the beginning of the year, I didn't think that was the case. Um, I, I thought at the beginning of the year, um, Gordon struggled a little bit because of Rodney, you know, he handled the ball quite a bit, I thought, at the beginning of the year. So if I'm hearing you right, they're better with each other out there on the floor. Yeah, here's the numbers. So Rodney. Together. So here's the numbers. When Rodney's on the floor with Gordon, he shoots, Rodney shoots 43% from the field and 47 from three. When Gordon leaves, Rodney's shooting percentage goes down three percentage points and his three-point shooting percentage goes down three points. When Gordon's on the floor... Uh, flip it around. When, Gord- when Gordon's on the floor, uh, sorry, give me one second. Uh, when Gordon's on the floor with Rodney, Gordon's per- shooting percentage is four percentage points better, and his three-point shooting is six percentage points better with Rodney than without him. The player, actually, that has hurt Gordon is Alec. Uh-huh. And another player that plays mostly with the ball in his hand. Yeah, and I don't, um, and I don't think you know where he's going with it. Yeah. Kind of, well, freelance a little bit, breaks the offense, goes the opposite way from the, from the screen, you know, that type of thing, whatever, you know, would benefit him the most. But those numbers are, are very interesting because I really thought at the beginning of the season, David, last year that when, that, uh, Gordon struggled with Rodney Hood because Rodney, um, would control the ball a little bit more, a little bit longer for the most part than, you know, anyone else uh, up on the floor with him. Interesting. Well, now, but that's interesting. Now how, so then, I mean, George Hill's going to want to have the ball. Joe Johnson's going to want to have the ball. Um, do you think that there's any question, that that causes any problems? Well, hopefully it doesn't. Um, I think Quinn is pretty pretty good at, at 
uh, reading those kind of things. Uh, now, is that a, is that a luxury to have? I'd say so, because every coach thinks that they can fix things, you know, and, and make things make things work to their advantage. The fact of the matter is, the Jazz have they have the, the personnel, they have the tools right now to to make this work, and it's going to be up to Quinn to make it work. Now, Joe Johnson is this, you know, he's up there in age, and and I think he understands uh, how to win. I don't think he's going to be that demanding. Um, George Hill, from watching him play with, with Indiana, you know, there's some games he might take six, seven shots, and then might next game he might have 15. That's the kind of guy that you like to have as long as he's being effective and, and he's being productive out there on the floor. Uh, some guys have to have to score in order to be productive, and I think that's what Quinn's going to have to 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 separate uh, and and to mix and match players out there on the floor together that that you know what I mean that to, to make that work uh, what do you think like so go Joe Johnson and Boris Diaw are interesting to me because they're both 35 36 years old um, go on the floor first for Joe Johnson it's it, he was one player last year in, in Brooklyn last two players when they were relying on him when he got to Miami was a complimentary player last year he was terrific what do you think he yes. does what do you think he does on the floor for this team I really think this, David, is going to be the minutes that he's that he can get. Um, man, that that is a that is a tough question because I I think at his age, can he be productive in a short period of time? I'm not really sure how many minutes he can demand right now. Um, but defense is going to have to respect his, his shooting ability. Uh, he has good size. So, again, th- this is a luxury, I-, I think, that Quinn Snyder has right now. He's going to have to figure things out pretty quick, I think, in, you know, in, in training camp. Uh, I'm sure they have a pretty good idea right now. Every coach, I think every franchise going into preseason, they have a pretty good idea of where the starters and, and, and who's going to come off the bench and that kind of thing. That Those kind of things I'm sure they're thinking about right now. Uh, and you get into training camp and, and players play their way out or in to situations or, or, or rotation. And I think that's just going to have to play out, hopefully. And I think we're all praying that uh, whatever decisions are made out there, that the, the players accept it and see the big picture and, and you know, make it happen. Uh, and, and I think we're all praying for that. Uh, which player will be – most improved next year. Rudy Gobert being a starting center for the second time. Rodney Hood is being a starting shooting guard only for the second time of his career. Or Trey Lyles going into his second year. Well, I think it's, I think from what we saw during preseason, that Trey Lyles is definitely um, going to be a, a, a player in this league. Uh, whether he, he gets those kind of minutes out there on the floor where he can really show what he can do right now. Uh, but I think as far as um, from what I'm hearing, and, and it, everyone likes Rodney Hood. Um, 
I like Rodney Hood. I've always liked Rodney Hood. And I think the fact that his ability to, to get to the spot that he needs to get to to make, especially on the offensive end of the floor, to, to score is what I'm very impressed with. So I would, I would say that I'm going to say Rodney Hood. Interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm going to say Rodney Hood. See, because I think the one that, about I was a shooting guard, David. What you expect, man? <laughs> well, I think Rodney's. I think Rodney's a good choice because because I still think I think there's some really interesting aspects to to Rodney. One is I talk about a lot. He scored under ten points more often than he scored more over twenty. Okay. Right. Like I think so people. You... So there's a real variance in his performance that if he got rid of. He does make a huge jump. Um, tell me this. Those games that he was under 10, say 10 points a ball game, was he effective, though? I mean, was he um, – I mean, he may have had a bad shooting night. Four for 15, somewhere in there. But the fact of the matter, he was uh, he, he was such a threat uh, that the scouting reports said he can do this and he can do that. That they had to pay so much attention to him that you know other guys were able to step forward. I think that's what you're going to see, you know, with, with this team this year because there are a lot of guys that uh, other teams have to worry about uh, how to defend. I mean, you know, some teams you put, put together a scouting report, and you're only talking about three, maybe two or three, or maybe four guys. You know, now you put together a scouting report against maybe the, if you, you want to use the Jazz, now you, you're talking about six, you know, maybe seven guys, you know, that type of thing in, in, in order to, uh, you know, to win, to win a ball game. I think that's more important, I, I think, than, um, you know, Rodney Hood scoring under 10 points. The fact that, that he's also capable of going for 40, you know, with, with the way he shoots the basketball. So he, the, the, the threat that he's providing, I think, is just equally as important as it is for him to go four for 15 and only score 10 points. Wrapping up with Ron Boone, what does having 31-year-old George Hill, 35-year-old, 30, you know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm getting Joe Johnson and Boris Dio in the locker room mean to this team? Uh, experience is the best teacher at, at, at everything, uh, and Getting players, young players, to relax, uh, is, is, I think is very important. Uh, most of these guys now, they understand what's going on around the league and what it takes to be successful. Uh, but I think older guys in the locker room, you know, they want to win. Uh, they know how to win. They've been there before. And just getting younger players on that same page and, and, and realizing what it takes to win and how hard you have to play to win. Uh, how you can't take nights off and, and uh, getting your rest, eating correctly, and, you know, the, that, all those type of things. And, and usually older players have a way of, of passing that on to young players, whether it's in a joking matter or getting in a guy's face or being vocal or, or leading by example. You know, that, that's why you see your great Popovich and, you know, as great of a coach as, he, as he's been throughout this league, he's always had that experience or those two or three experienced players that have helped lead them, lead them, lead them to victory. Well, it's going to be exciting. We haven't even talked about Gordon Hayward or Derek Favors. And those two guys are pretty good. 
those two guys are great, and I'm sure they're really excited about you know what the Jazz are doing right now. The Jazz haven't made the playoffs in four years, five years. Yeah, I saw G. Uh, Gordon was dedicating a court out in South Salt Lake. Had a wonderful night with the people out there a ways back, and uh, he the George Hill, the George Hill edition was the one that you could see in his eyes. Like that had him. You know. Well, he's had a little experience with George. I mean, as far as uh, working out in, in Indianapolis and you know getting ready for for training camp, hasn't he? Yeah, and I think I think more than anything else, and Gordon wouldn't say this, but I'll say it for him. I I just think the burden that he's had of basically being the point guard in a lot of ways for the last few years, he's tired at the end of seasons, and I think he just can ah. see himself getting through a season differently. I mean, the amount of time he has. If you go back, if you look at all the crazy stats for you stuff, like really only LeBron and James Harden are handling the and Dwayne Wade, I think, were the only guys who handled the ball more than Gordon that weren't point guards. Wow, those are interesting numbers. So now with Gordon being this is his sixth year, seventh year, seventh, I think, seventh year, then he's had a ton of experience too. So. This team not only has a little youth, but they have some very experienced players there as well. And then you have the guys that should be uh, very hungry, you know, in, in winning and in, in Gordon and Derek and, and, you know, guys like that. Hopefully Rudy's had a great summer because I think he could be uh, a tremendous player for this team next year. If he's had a great summer of, of improving uh, on the offensive end of the floor, you know. So this, this, again, is exciting. Sure is. Jazz season tickets are, by the way, are available uh, along the way for everybody. You can go get those jazz season tickets. There's some good good little deals. And, you know, you get – by the way, I, I get jazz season tickets, and I, I didn't get a trip to Mexico. Did you, Ron? No, I did not. What's up with that? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to look into this because if you buy jazz season tickets, you get, like, a whole free trip to, to Mexico. That – they, you have to pick up the airfare, but you get eight days, seven nights stay in Mexico if you buy. Up, uh, upper bowl tickets start at $6 per game. Lower bowl start at 42 and you, and you get to go to Mexico for eight days, seven nights stay if you buy season tickets. Well, I purchased season tickets, so I, we, we, better, we better be checking into that. Yeah, I mean, there's all-star breaks <laughs> that need to be taken care of. I mean, yeah, that's right, there's all, yeah, sort, sure. there's all sorts of things out there. By the way, just to be completely official on that little note I gave a minute ago, I just looked it up to be confirmed. Gordon Hayward handled the ball 3.5 minutes per game, um, or whatever it is, three point, and Dwayne Wade had, of non-point guards, Dwayne Wade was more, uh, as I said, LeBron James was more, and James Harden, and that's it. So Gordon was fourth. Yeah, now Harden handled it almost two times more than anyone. Than, yeah, than Gordon did, and LeBron was uh, a little bit more. C.J. McCollum, depending whether you think he's a point guard or not, I would say he's a point guard for a lot of the game with them. Would be the other one in there, um, and Monte okay. Ellis, and Monte Ellis floats around there. But there's another guy who was pretty close to point guard for much of the game for them. Okay, so moving forward uh, and, and thinking about next year. I would imagine Draymond Green was up there somewhere. He was not. He's not. Well, I've only run the top uh, 200, I think, and uh, he's in the bottom of it. Yeah, he's so he's down there somewhere um, near the bottom with Kawhi Leonard. Not the bo- bottom of the 200. He, he holds. He carries it about as much as Nicholas Batum, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard for non. Okay. And actually, interesting. 
Here's an interesting note. Draymond Green and Raul Neto. Now, Draymond played more, but had the same time possession last year. <laughs> kind of. I'll be. Um, That's interesting because it looked like he was handling the basketball a lot more during, you know, with their offense. Yeah, um, I, I think he moves But moving forward and looking forward, David, into next year, and, 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 you know, this might be something to discuss another day because I thought that Simmons, now with the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, is going to be that type of a possession type player. I mean, where he's going to, he's going to be that point forward, um, that's going to handle the basketball a, a, a ton. He kind of reminds me of Lamar Odom, uh, his game. And maybe that's not, you know, some people don't see it that way, but that's what he kind of reminds me. That's of. interesting. Uh, back to what you, back to that other note, just to give you a different angle. Front court touches. Okay. Okay. Ball in your okay. hand in the front court. John Wall led the league at 86. Kemba was Walker was at 81. Kyle Lowry at 80. And Damon Lillard was at 78. And so was Westbrook. So those are the top five. The first non-point guard is James Harden. I mean, he's basically their point guard at 85. The next guy, non-point guard, was Gordon Hayward at 68. George Hill in Indiana last year was 73. Oh, Interesting. Interesting. Draymond, now, Draymond Green, to what you're speaking to, Draymond Green is right up there near the top of that. So, he, that just, so he's at 53.3. Hayward's at 60. So Draymond's just moving the ball quickly. Okay, he yeah. He, he, now, the, the, the point guards, all speed guys. You notice that, right? Yep. All speed. Yes. Get it and go. Yep. Yeah. Um, Damian Lillard led the league in time of possession, by the way. There's wow. Go. And then they have average second per touch. So guys who are the stickiest guys in the league who have the ball the most, Reggie Jackson, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, DJ Augustine, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Two all-stars in there. Well, three all-stars. Yeah, if you're an all-star, you probably can be sticky. If you're not an all-star, it's yeah, probably yeah, a problem. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, my friend, get back to the golf course. Thanks for the time. I'm locked on jazz. Greatly appreciate it. All right, David. Thank you very much for having me on. That is Ron Boone. We'll be back. This has been Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.